All right, bro. So uh, let them know who you are. I'm Trey, Trey Collins. That's short for Tremaine. I go by Trey because nobody ever says my name right, but uh, it rolls off the tongue. It sounds good. I grew up in Minnesota. I've lived a couple different places, but I claim that as my residence because that's where I live for the most of my life. Don't know if you can hear my Midwestern accent. I never can. Some people say they can. I think it depends where you live, but uh, yeah, currently living out in Oklahoma. I'll be moving out to North Carolina relatively soon. I bought a house out there and uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, I guess that's who I am for now. Oh, brother. So I watch people analyze charts. And when I saw your video the first time, I was like, this dude's, he knows what he's doing. Like he's put a lot of time and effort into this. I can tell. And you became like the person that I went to for my news, my AMC, GME news, all of that. It was like, I wouldn't even listen to anybody else. So I was like, all right, I, I'm just gonna, what did Trey say? What did Trey say? And I know that you've gathered over a hundred thousand subscribers now right? Something like that. I think I'm at 180. Sounds about right. Yeah. Almost 200,000 subscribers now. And it's really because your authenticity. I believe that. And I believe like you're straightforward with your audience. You're not trying to skew the information to make it sound better. And that makes people lose a lot of money in the end, honestly, when, when YouTubers do that. And I right. think that's why people have gravitated towards you. Plus just the happiness, bro. Every single video you click on it, <laughs> the laugh. Yeah, I'm just vibing, man. Where did that journey begin? The stock journey? You know, first of all, I guess I want to say thanks for bringing me on, man, and having this conversation. It's always good to connect with people and learn something and, uh, you know, try and walk away with more information than you started and, you know, good relationships. So appreciate that. My journey to investing in stocks was actually pretty atypical. I didn't anticipate it coming. So my lifelong goal ever since I was probably, you know, 11 or 12 years old was to be an Olympic qualified marathoner. I was a huge, huge, huge runner. Like um, I used to have a YouTube page, failed YouTube page, by the way, didn't take off, didn't do well. And I trained for, you know, 10 plus years trying to be a good marathon runner. And I ran into some health complications along the way. So 10 years of training, running 100 miles a week for, you know, four or five of those years, trying to get to that Olympic trials qualifying mark, which is 219 and the marathon, I got stopped abruptly because I ran into heart issues. I actually had a couple ladder infarctions, which I think is, you know, a fancy doctor mumbo jumbo for heart attacks. And I'm 23 years old. So that's obviously pretty young for that to happen. The first one, you know, I kind of brushed it off. I was like, yeah, freak accident, whatever. Week later, same thing happened. And I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. So I stopped for a while. And I had another one even after I stopped running. And that was like, to me, I said, dang, I really better, you know, call this quits while I, while I still got, uh, you know, my head on my shoulders and above ground. And from there, there's like a month period of time where I didn't do anything. I didn't have like an identification, you know, something I can say, this is what I do. This is what I try to be better at. This is like my thing. And that was the most depressed I ever was in my entire life. I was so like, just did not want to be alive at all. Like that was just brutal. And I ran into investing because at the time I was living with my buddy out in Fargo. I just graduated college in May, 2020. So I graduated last year and I was living with him until I, you know, started my work and his dad was investing on fidelity. He was talking to me about his, I think he was in Wells Fargo. I was looking at it and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, just telling me all this stuff about Wells Fargo, his, his fidelity stuff. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That same day I bought into Wells Fargo. And like two weeks later, I was down $7,000, lost a crap <laughs> money, which totally sucked. But that was like the beginning. I was like, ah, oh. I mean, it caught my interest. I was like, screw this. That was stupid. What a waste of my cash. And I came back like a month later. And at this time, it was like October of 2020. And I was like, you know what? I really got to learn this because I was like watching, there was this guy on YouTube called Chris Sane. I watched him for a while. I watched another guy called Stock Mo. And at the time they had like 150,000, 200K subs. And I think they're like 450 now, but they made a lot of money. I mean, they showed their progress. They showed all the plays they do. They showed the reason why they get into them for, you know, to some extent. And I was like, people are making money in the market. There's a way to do it. If I can figure this out, I can make money too. So from October to November, month straight, I watched this guy on YouTube. His name was Rainer Tao, R-A-Y-N-E-R-T-E-O, technical analysis guy. So he reads charts, he swing trades, he day trades. And I just sat down for a month. I'd watch every single one of his videos like two or three times through. I'd sit down for two hours every day, just take notes, study it. And then I'd quiz myself on that stuff. I'd come back to those videos and retest my knowledge, et cetera, et cetera, for a month. until so I felt pretty good. I was like, all right, I feel like I got a general overall picture on what's going on now. So this is late October. I start trading. I probably had 10 trades and six of them probably walked away down or net even. Three of them, I made, I made money. I did okay. I was like, wow, I figured out what's going on with these three trades. So from there, it was all about taking a step back and thinking about every single opportunity that I had 
in the market trading, you know, swing trading, day trading, long-term, whatever it might be. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? Learning from the mistakes and capitalizing on the strengths, you know? And then from there, it turned into what I've got now. So after those 10 trades, I, I made another 10 and I made money on that 10. I was like, dang, that's cool. So I did another 10 trades and I made money on those 10. It's like, oh, I'm onto something. This is sick. And I started my YouTube channel, not thinking anything of it. I was like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. At this point, I'm fired up. I'm a competitive guy. Like I'm the kind of dude that has to do something. Like I got to have something to get out of bed for that gets me freaking excited to be alive, you know? And I was like, you know what? For now, I'm just going to do YouTube. I don't know what's going to happen. I started the channel. And when I started it, I made like five, six, seven, eight videos a day. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I make yeah. like, like two or three up until recently. I've got some eye stuff going on, but I just freaking grinded. I think it took me a hundred videos to get to a hundred subs, which is totally fine. Like I don't care. Everyone's got a different journey. My vision was showing my journey through investing as I learn, as I grow, to be honest with you, man, you've been investing longer than I have. I started like late October, early November. That's what I would say my true start date was. Then I started that channel late 2020. So like the end of the year. And it just turned into what it is now. I guess I found something that, you know, maybe I was good at, maybe I wasn't. I like to think that I just took the time to sit down and learn it. I'm really not that smart of a guy. I'm not. <laughs> my biggest message is, you know, anybody can learn this stuff in that's, uh, that's been what it's all about. So now I guess uh, instead of a runner guy, I'm an investing guy. Yeah, man, which is kind of crazy because it's still a disciplined thing. Like it's not something that you can pick up for a little bit and do it and then just set it down for a while and try to hop right back in. Like, and just, you yeah, know what I'm man. saying? Like you're spot on. You got to be watching. You got to stay disciplined. Does your background and like uh, being a part of the military and stuff help with the discipline part of it? You know, I think... The military straightened me out in some ways, but a lot of that just came from the competitive drive for whatever reason or another. You know, I don't know why I've had some things happen in life that could have contributed to that. You know, growing up, I didn't have a lot of money. You know, I think maybe that's what gravitated me towards investing was I didn't have it that well off as a kid. I worked a lot. I contributed to my family. I put food on the table. I helped, you know, with a lot of stuff. Uh, so maybe that pulled into it. But I think the biggest thing is like, I've just always felt like I have to prove something, you know, I can't float. So I think the military contributed to it, maybe more organized. I'm not a very organized person. <laughs> it's probably my biggest flaw is I'm like always just scatterbrained, got a million things going on. And like, I should really write down an agenda someday and make, <laughs> make things easier. But yeah, it definitely helped. And my father was in for 24 years in the military and uh, he passed down. I met him when I was 13, really cool dude. And he passed on a lot of that sort of mentality of, just keep, you know, working for it every single day, put a couple of pennies in the bank, because over time, you put a couple of pennies in the bank every single day at the end of the year, you got, you know, 10, 20, 30 bucks, 10 years yeah. from now, you got 100 bucks, it adds up, it adds up, you know, so a lot of it comes from my father. I don't know that's just something that I've always had to do. I just feel like I got to keep working. Consistency is what makes successful people. Yeah, man, that's, that's exactly it. And that's all cliche and corny, but it's like, that's why it's true is because you've heard it so many times. The truth is something that's repeated and repeated and repeated. And that's what makes it fact is that it can be replicated over and over and over again. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. You're straight on. You know, I think there was something that was passed down to me. I don't take any credit for it. I'm not this smart. It's stuck with me. And it's there's four things that take success and two of them you can't control. And this is where people lose it is you can't control luck. You can't control timing. But what you can't control the other two factors, which is grit and skill. Are you going to keep showing up every day? Are you going to work harder to perfect your craft? Eventually, you're going to hit that home run, right? If you keep showing up the base, you're going to hit a ball. It's going to go where you want it to go. But where people lose it is this idea of I'm just not lucky. Well, to me, it's <laughs> if you knew it was going to take you a thousand tries to make a million dollars, would you keep showing up to hit number 1,000? The only difference is you don't know when that is going to be, right? We don't have a hard number. We don't know when. It's just a matter of when, you know, if you keep showing up more often, I mean, obviously not everybody's going to get the luck and timing, but the majority of the time, if you keep showing up, you're going to get your chance, you know? Yeah, yeah. You'll never make it if you don't show up. That's just the point. Yeah, exactly. So for the kids out there that are watching it and they are interested in getting into investing, your first step would be to what? I would say the first step would be to kind of figure out what you want to do with investing. So there's a lot of ways that you can make money in the market. Uh, you can play long-term, you can play midterm, short-term, swing trades, day trades, options, futures, bonds. There's a whole plethora of things. And what it comes down to is your time commitment, right? So if you don't have the time to sit and stare at a computer screen for, you know, from, from 8.30 until three every day, you know, that's going to affect your strategy a little bit because you're going to lose money if you can't pay attention to the needs that's required of a specific investing strategy. So 
for what I do. I primarily focus on swing trading and day trading. I do have long-term positions, you know, stuff that I don't worry about on a day-to-day basis, but a lot of what I, you know, I focus on requires a pretty decent amount of uh, attention. So I would say the first thing to do is identify what your goal is, right? If you, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail, you know, uh, you got to have a plan. Because when I started without a plan, I just lost money. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, you know? So make yeah. a plan, get an idea of what your your time schedule looks like, what you want to do in the market, what's interesting to you. It doesn't even to be, you know, the stock market. There's a lot of ways that you can invest. I mean, like another guy who I failed to mention, his name's Patrick Williamson. He's my brother-in-law. He got me kind of dabbling into this as well because he invests in real estate. And he talked to me about real estate for a long time. He's like, I make a pretty good amount of passive income this way. It's a great way to have some safe yields, like safe accruement of interest. You know, most more often than not, unless you pick a really bad place, it's going to accrue in, accrue in value and equity. And he talked to me about that, but it didn't captivate me. Like, I'm just not excited about investing in real estate. I am invested about investing in the market though, you know? So I yeah. find what captivates your interest, what's fast and easy to learn. Like for me, man, I get out of bed at three or four in the morning every day and I'm like, yeah, let's make some freaking money, man. I'm just pumped. Like, I, I love it. I love the process. So find what the process is for you. You know, maybe it's the market. Maybe it's real estate. Maybe it's starting a business. There's different ways that you can go about it. But if you are going to get into the market, what I do specifically is, you know, technical analysis related. It's, you know, focusing on charts. So like I mentioned, Rainer Tail on YouTube, he is a freaking wizard. Like the dude, I learned literally everything from him. I take no credit at all for being a guru by any means. I would go straight to the horse's mouth if you want to learn it from there. There's all sorts of people, resources, and books that are free. You know, I mean, we live in a crazy time with the internet where you can learn any skill without a college degree. You know, yep. It's just about knowing where to start. Once you get that starting line, the finish line will form itself as you go. Yeah, absolutely. That was the whole point of this uh, starting this podcast for me. It was like, I've learned so much from the internet. Brian Young, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's the, the reason why I was able to get the credit lines that I have on my business and get things started because three years ago, I started seeing his videos, started at five something credit score, got it up to 730 and then was able to apply for things and get things moving, you know? Right. I owe him a lot for that. And that was kind of what started it. It was like, wow. There's people on the internet that can teach me these things that I wasn't taught in school and it's for free and I can apply it to my real life and I can build a business off of it. What is important is just finding the right teachers. So that was the point of this podcast is like, I'm going to go find the right teachers and, you know, kind of line them up and then go to the schools and be like, oh, you like this? I have an episode for you. Check out this guy, you know? And so I thought that that would help in the internet space is just, it's vast, it's endless, right? So there is some good teachers, there's some bad teachers, and you can get turned the wrong way really easy. So I think it's important that kids just understand that as long as they keep searching, they can learn anything. And you can learn anything, you know, I'm never going to claim to be the smartest guy on the internet, but I will, you know, be the hardest working dude out there. That's the I'm gonna always work to learning something. If you're not uncomfortable, and you're not trying to learn something every day and get better at what you're doing, there's gonna be someone out there who does it better, you know, and then you should be looking at them for teachers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's why, honestly, I chose you. And I was like, dude, this dude works so hard, like where he's at today is nowhere near where he'll be at in five years, where he'll be at in 10 years. I appreciate that, man. That's crazy. (laughs) Part of your discord and your patreon part of all that i'm i'm invested i understand where you're going man and your discipline i I love to find people like that like yourself so what i want to know is how you deal with the down days in the market right (laughs) i think that's a very important question for a lot of new investors that are experiencing this pullback right now in a lot of their portfolios and mentally there's a lot of people that can't handle it, man. And it's really hitting them hard right now. My whole thing is mental health. And there's a lot of people that, you know, are feeling it right now and a lot of pain right now. So what would you say to them? Well, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, mental health, because that's really important to me too. Anytime I have a live stream and somebody mentions that I make it a point to say something because you never freaking know, man. I had two friends growing up as a kid that aren't around anymore because yeah. people didn't take it serious. So I'm glad you said that first off. I just always recognize that when people bring it up. But uh, what I would say on red days, uh, right? So maybe it's just AMC in particular is you have to stay grounded in your convictions, right? So if you've done good following through on research, right? You've done your DD, you've picked up the charts, you've read the news, you know, all the numbers, then the price action is psychological. It doesn't matter. 
it's honestly, when I see a red stock and I've really dug deep into it, I know everything about that company. I know in my mind what it's worth. Then when it goes down, I do this number, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you guys want to be scared. I'm going to start <laughs> buying. You know what I mean? I take that opportunity to make cash. So the old saying goes, when people are scared, that's what you need to be greedy. You need to be greedy. So like a good example of this is meet Kevin. You mentioned him earlier. Yeah. When Tesla took a big freaking dump, it dropped down to what was it like 400 bucks or, or I, I don't remember the exact number. I was he watching bought that. the dip. He bought the dip, <laughs> man. And he became a millionaire. He became like, that was the defining moment. He bought on fear because he is greedy. You know, you need to find those moments in life when people are, are freaking out and they're losing their mind over like, cause Tesla's a good company. We all know what Tesla is now. And he obviously did too. He did his research. He crunched his numbers. He saw that the qualitative value in the company and he didn't get scared. He was like, you guys are really missing out on opportunity right now. And he, he leaped on it. So my advice is to be greedy when people are scared because you're ne- everyone always is saying, I wish that I bought the stock when it costed this. Here's your opportunity. You know, you might be red for, you know, a day, two days, five days, a week, whatever it might be. But in the long term, right, we, we use short term aggressive, you know, trading strategies for long term gains. And sometimes long term gains means you're red for a couple of days, you know. And that's totally okay. You got to keep that macroscopic picture and keep the emotions out of it. Because whenever you invest with emotions, you're gambling. Yeah. You can't do it that way. You can't. Uh, you got to treat it like it's a business. You know, don't look at the money. You don't play the money because then you're playing roulette or you're playing, you know, blackjack. Just go to the casino at that point. You know, <laughs> you got to play the numbers and the research you've done because otherwise you're just giving into the same thing that everybody else is. You know, and to be honest with you, not everybody in the market is going to make money. That's just a fact. It's a transferring of wealth, you know, back and forth, back and forth, not to scare people away in the least bit. You have to differentiate yourself from the people who, who do invest on emotions and get scared away by that fear. I always ramble when I talk, man. No, no, no. You watch my channel. That's just my thing. But yeah, hopefully that answers it. You're the guest, brother. I want to hear you talk. You're making me think about how the stock market actually relates a lot to real life. If we took that same approach to the red days that we have in real life, right? When the low moments of life, if we instead looked at that as an opportunity to reinvest in ourselves, right? Right, man. You said you lost a, a couple friends. And me personally, that's what got me started at 15 years old i'd lost a couple friends in high school and it was you know a thing that the town and the people around us nobody wanted to talk about it nobody likes to talk about mental health there's a stigma on mental health and it was just something that was really important to me to the point that you know this is what my life is now is traveling and speaking about mental health awareness uh and uh, suicide prevention and whatever it may be just helping people mentally i think that it's really important that you know, you mentioned mental health in your live streams. When you see somebody, you reach out and you say something. That was amazing to me. Just me and who I am and what I do to hear that you do that for other people. That, that means a lot to me because a lot of people just don't see it as important and they don't take the time for it. I always say what leads to, at least for me, you know, the lowest points of my life, what leads to people feeling that way is a lack of purpose, a lack of feeling like you mattered for something or, or to someone. So if you can give somebody that reason, you know, what I always say is if you don't think you matter to anybody else on the planet, even if I don't know you, you matter to me, you know, just your presence, you being alive matters to me. Let that be your purpose. You know, I caught that from somebody. I was watching this YouTube video about a Twitch streamer who said that, and that stuck with me. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I've just adopted that mentality. I just try to pass that on like you're doing, you know, you matter to somebody and you have a purpose in life and you just haven't found it yet. You know, it's like you're, you're walking down this tunnel and it's just endless darkness, but eventually you come to a turn and then there's the light, you know, you don't know when that's going to happen because you can't see the turn until you get to the end. If you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know, eventually one day you're going to meet somebody or something's going to happen or some random event. You never know. I mean, I would have never freaking guessed that I wouldn't be running a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me I'm going to be investing in the stock market and have 180,000 subs on YouTube. I'd be like, Whoa, that's crazy. I would have never guessed that. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you just never know, man. You never know. Yeah. You'd never know. And I think a lot of people, what keeps them silent is they feel that their story is invalid. Like it's not good enough. And it keeps you from sharing your story and telling the truth. And that keeps you from getting connected and building relationships. And then you feel isolated, you feel alone. And, and it just keeps spiraling and keeps spiraling down. I think the internet, I mean, it's a great tool. I mean, we could use it to connect people across the world, but we could also use it to disconnect ourselves from the world. Right. Yeah. So, so we got to be careful with that, but it's good to get in positive communities and take time to just talk to people. Just tell your story, man. It's really fascinating that you bring that up because I don't know about you, Jared, but when I was a kid, 
I was not one of the cool kids, man. I was the nerd sitting at the table on my my PSP playing Monster Hunter with all the nerds with their glasses going like this, you know, never, <laughs> never hanging out with the jocks, never do anything like that. I was a runner, you know, I was a pretty good runner, but that was like all I had, you know, and I was tough. You always feel isolated. It's, it's easy to get swallowed up in that isolation and to compare yourself to other people, but comparing yourself to somebody else you don't know what they're going through you know you don't know if they've got it worse or if they've got it better because you don't see their whole life you see what they present to you especially with the internet now especially with the internet mm-hmm. there's i love the internet because it's like you said it's got the opportunity to connect people but with social media with all this sort of stuff it disconnects because people choose what they want you to know and then based on that you assume that they've got it so much better than you or so much worse than you depending on what they decide to present to you it's all about, you know, owning your own personal story and taking pride in that. You know, I take pride in the fact that I'm a freaking nerd now. I don't even care, man. <laughs> I love anime. I freaking love gaming. I love my cracking. I love just staring at computer screens. That's what I do, man. That's a blast. And you come off the same way to me, you know? So it's good to pass along the message. I'm glad you brought that up. That was some, some wise words. It's something you learn over time about the internet. I, I was telling somebody the other day on a podcast that it's about awareness, right? Like it's about knowing what the internet is. You know that it's an algorithm. You know that it shows you what you like. It shows you what you engage with. If you're constantly engaging with negative things, negative posts, negative people, negative pictures, it -hmm. groups you into echo chambers and puts you in groups of people that engage with the same type of content. And now you're in a negative community of negative people sharing negative things. And you wonder why your outlook on life is so negative and you've become a negative person. Now you're attracting negative people in real life because you're spewing what you have on the internet to everybody else, right? And it just becomes a cycle. And we're human beings and we're supposed to turn to people for help, but we've been programmed here lately to turn to our phones. So it just becomes a vicious cycle, right? It's negative in here, it's negative out there, it's negative in here, it's negative out there. But once I was aware of what the internet was and how it worked, I was able to change that by just, I only engage with positive people. You reprogram yourself, man. You redesign the echo chamber, redesign your room, redesign your mind online, follow people such as yourself and people that are positive. And the next thing you know, you know, the internet used to cause you anxiety, but now you get on your phone or something when you're scrolling and you see nothing but inspirational, motivational things that inspire you to get off the couch and go create that life for yourself. For sure. I dig that. Being aware of it, man. Just being aware of it. I think that works with anything, any problem in life. If you're just aware of how the situation works or how it goes down, then you're not able to maybe fix it right away, but you're able to make a personalized solution to that problem. Honestly, you've got a better mindset than I do. That's really cool. No, That's cool that you came to the same conclusions because I've thought the same thing, man. It's all about what you make of it. It's finding the things that you want to be. My dad told me something when I was a kid because I did not have any confidence until I was probably like nine years old. I was like this little dweeby, short, freaking kid and then when i was 12 13 i hit puberty i haven't grown an inch since i was 13 out of that matters but at that point in life everything flipped like i just got this mentality change and he said if you think you're x you're gonna be x you know if you lie to yourself and say this is who i am for long enough that's who you're gonna be eventually good or bad you know and it's the same thing with social media you surround yourself with those sort of things even if you know think ah this feels stupid like why am i doing this like i'll never be that person yada 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 eventually you're gonna believe it if you tell yourself something long enough, you know, it's just about lying to yourself until you believe it. Good things, not the bad things. You don't want to do that with bad things, but <laughs> yeah. you get what I'm saying, yeah. you know? Do you have something that you do kind of daily, like routine-wise, that helps you keep this mindset that you have? You know, I used to use exercise every day as my sort of meditation period, you know, where I take, you know, an hour and a half to two hours every day and just be in my thoughts. Because I think we live in a time where everybody is always stimulated and you don't have enough time to process what you're seeing, what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And that was running and exercising for me. It was an opportunity for me to reflect on everything that I'm doing in life and how I feel. And now that I don't have the opportunity to do that until I figure out what's going on with my heart condition, it's investing. So it's sitting down in the morning. I wake up at three or four every single day. I sit right here at my computer every single morning and I open up my notebook. I've got this little green book that I use for work and I put down my notes and I jot down what I want to do for the day with stocks. Like what companies am I going to research? What stocks am I going to you know put out to my Discord? What I need to get done with AMC? And while I'm doing that, it's like my symphony in my head playing Mozart, man. It's just like <laughs> just chilling. It gets my day started right. Drink my morning coffee. You know, it's just like rituals. It's the thing that makes you feel at peace, you know? Yeah. Uh, times where you don't have to worry about, you know, my car changing the oil or I'm behind on this for work or this person's mad at me or whatever because it's just my thing. This is, this is what I do. And I get up that early on a for a reason, you know, because my phone's not blowing up. I don't got to worry about answering X, Y, Z. It's just my time, you know, it's an opportunity for me to set the day straight right from the get go. So 
I know there's a lot of people out there who aren't morning people. I love being a morning guy. I've always been a morning person. But if you're an evening person, I mean, maybe to start off your day the same way, you know, it doesn't have to be what I do, but whatever that means for you, you know, the time for you, that half hour, you know, be selfish, set aside some time and be like, all right, this is my time to be in my thoughts and reflect and do what I want to do to set the day straight. You know, that's my thing. I think it's really important to take time to reflect and and feel things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also think that I'm not saying you can't be successful and not wake up in the morning like early. But the one thing that I learned at a really young age was that money wakes up early. Yeah, it does. It, 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 it just does. Yeah. And if you stay up late and then you sleep in like half the day's over, the market's already closing in two hours. Like, And not just if you're a stock trader, but in general, man, if you're trying to do business with people from all over the United States and different time zones or wherever, ask a successful person. They wake up early. Just ask them. Like, yeah. Take a poll. You'll find you don't get enough sleep, man. (laughs) Straight up. It's about consistency. Somebody told me it doesn't matter what time you go to bed, but you have to wake up at the same time every day. It's a reaction type of thing. Some days you're going to get more sleep than others. But if you wake up at 6 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., whatever it may be, that's what you do. And you do it every day. You know, go to bed earlier if you're tired, whatever. But you're waking up the same time and you're programming your body. Practice makes perfect. You know, that's yeah. all these cliches that we hear over and over again. Remember, that's what makes them fact is because they are replicated. They can be. It's just something that I think is a part of it, the game. What about Definitely. for like the kids that are watching this that want to be YouTubers? They've come across your channel and they want to be a YouTuber. Where should they start? Like, how did that start? <laughs> this is a question for myself, too. I only have 4,000 subscribers. I'm trying to build this channel and be consistent. You know, I actually made a video just recently talking about it, which is funny she brought it up. But, you know, I'll come back to what I said earlier. The four things that contribute to success, luck, timing, skill, grit. I put out a people will see my channel and they'll see that I started December 16, 2020. And I've got 182,000 subs and they'll be like, that guy got freaking lucky. And I'll admit that, right? Luck and timing play into the equation. But they can't take away from the fact that it took me 220 videos to get to 100,000 subs. It took me 100 videos to get to 100 subs. You got to keep showing up to the plate and being consistent because you can't guess. The YouTube algorithm, man, don't even even try to guess that thing. I No way. I would have never guessed it. But if you keep putting out content in your specific niche, you're eventually going to hit something that for whatever reason or another is trending on Google, trending on YouTube. And it might not even trend right away. Maybe a week later, a month later, a year later, all of a sudden that video takes off because I've seen that too. You just got to keep showing up to the plate and being consistent, creating content within your specific niche. And eventually, more often than not, not everybody, but more often than not, you're going to hit a home run. You know, it's going to play out. I've talked about this before, but with AMC, you know, I got into that play as a swing trade. I was a swing trading channel. That was all that I did. I had like 15,000 subscribers at the time. You know, I'd been doing it for about a month and a half or so. I think AMC happened at like late January. That sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah, late January. So about a month and a half or so. And I had about 15,000 subs. And I put that out as a swing trade opportunity. I was like, man, this looks like a home run. And it was at four bucks at the time. It had crazy short interest on it. It had a great setup. It looked similar to GameStop, but not as expensive. I was like, guys, this looks like a great opportunity. Put the video out. Bam. Viral. That day, I remember waking up the next day and my channel is at like 25,000 subs. I was like, what just happened? You know, but you you can't guess that stuff. You just got to keep showing up until it happens, you know? And if it doesn't, the consistency is still going to get you somewhere. So it's going to be small steps. Those small steps add up, you know? Is there like requirements for people to make money on YouTube? Like somebody that there wants is. to make this yeah. a career? For sure. So you need a, you need at least a thousand subscribers and you need 4,000 hours of watch time. Okay. So if I was to go back in time to the beginning of December and start my channel again, what I would have done differently to get to that benchmark sooner is start live streaming because YouTube algorithm favors live streams over videos like exponentially it's insanity like i'll do a two-hour live stream and it'll get a hundred thousand views sometimes i put out videos and it'll get 10 15 000, which takes more work not to say like you should try and skip corners but put out the same valuable content in a way that people can engage with in live time and the youtube algorithm favors that and it knocks out that watch hour time significantly faster because Maybe you have, you know, 5,000 concurrent viewers, I don't know, 1,000, 500, 100, whatever it is, they keep rolling in and out, in and out, in and out, and they typically stay longer too. So the watch time for a live stream, I think my average is like 17 minutes or something. So I'll keep one person for an average of 17 minutes versus a video, my average is like seven or eight minutes. So 
stacks up that watch time a lot faster. And you're going to meet those requirements so that you can make a career and a business out of YouTube in a more timely manner. Because I think the biggest thing that I've seen is getting that watch time in the sub mark for some people takes like a year or two years. Like my friend, Max Marr, he's a stock guy. It took him a year to get to a thousand subs and 4,000 watch hours, you know, and the more consistent you are and, and the more you can play with that YouTube algorithm, the sooner you're going to hit it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a key, man. That's a gym right there. That live stream thing. I, I wouldn't have thought about that. I need to do some live streams. <laughs> you know, it, it gives authenticity too, you know, because people, when they edit videos, can make it whatever they want it to be, whatever they want it to be, you know, they can come off as this person, but on a live stream, you can't hide that. People are really good at reading into you. They're going to know if you're a fraud or if you're the real deal, you know, and <laughs> if you're a fraud, well, maybe you probably shouldn't be doing YouTube and they caught you for good reason, you know, you but, know. You know it's a good opportunity. You know, people dig authenticity and they dig like talking to a real person, you know. I think the biggest thing for me was uh, the insecurities at the beginning stages of YouTube like I was 15 years old when I started and it was just like I don't have the best camera I don't have this you know like I don't have the mic that I need it was always something that was putting right. off starting like I don't have the I don't have it I don't have the lighting I, I can't do it you know like something like that totally when I first watched your channel it was just you <laughs> like it was just yeah. you you're just sitting there and I was like all right man this guy he's just in front of his computer like we can start this channel and I put it off all of 2020 just kept putting it off man like i need a better camera i need a new computer i need this and that then i see you man and you're just there and you're like and then now now you, you got your headphones and you're looking yeah like, i finally got a decent one i was using my gaming headset before <laughs> you upgraded but it was just like just start just hit record just yeah. go just do it straight up yeah there's a saying in the army that we use and it applies to everything in life and it goes learn as you grow don't learn then grow and essentially what that means is start and get better at your job as you're going and don't try and prepare for a job so you can start a job now to some extent you need a basic understanding right so i have to have a basic understanding of what i'm talking about but nobody expects you to be a subject matter expert you know on your first video if you go back and watch my first 20 videos garbage like my voice quality you could tell i wasn't as confident i didn't even have a camera set up <laughs> my analysis like the whole journey has just shifted exponentially as i've gone i get more comfortable in front of the camera i mean i use i still use a webcam man you don't need a nice camera to do youtube you don't yeah, yeah that's what i'm using the <laughs> webcam start and get better as you go you know that's all it is yeah it's kind of like what i was saying earlier about that uh just figure it out that's what successful people yeah. do they just figure it out it's funny you say that i don't know how familiar you are with jordan belfort the wolf of wall street yeah absolutely one of his things, sometimes you got to fake it until you make it. So like he used uh, an example here. I was watching some podcasts he did with uh, a younger entrepreneur and the young kid, he was like 17, 16 years old. He was a coding sequencer, right? So he did coding for websites. And he said, my biggest struggle, man, is that I know what I'm doing, but I've never done it. So like when I have a client that says, hey, can you do this? I can't answer yes, because I haven't done it. And what he said is you tell them yes, and you figure out how the heck to do it when you show up to that job. <laughs> you make sure that you've got it down pat, that you're not a fraud, you know, have that confidence. Even if you don't have the confidence, have the confidence so that when you come to that job, you do it, you know, you figure it out when you get there. It's uh kind of a full circle. I thought that was really interesting. That's exactly the same. I think it's just a mindset that people have that have that entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, you've just been through enough and you've realized that, hey, I can't afford to say no to this. Right. You know, one of the comedians that I like as being a motivational speaker, I believe that comedians are like the ultimate motivational speakers. People oh, ask yeah. me all the time, who's your favorite motivational speaker? I'm like, uh, Dave Chappelle. Like, <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> dig it. But Daniel Tosh, one of his stand-ups, he was talking about, he's like, if somebody ran up to me during the apocalypse and was like, hey, man, do you know how to fly a plane? And they're holding a, you know, a machine gun or something. I'm saying, yeah, and I'm going to get on that plane. You know, he's like, I'll figure it out. But, you know, this dude's holding a gun. The world's ending. There's a crowd of people behind him, like, that are coming to kill. It's like, I'm getting on the plane. And honestly, it was that. In my childhood, like, I was in, in high school. I remember that stand-up, that moment was, like, a big that was a life lesson that stuck with me for a very long time. It was just like, pretend like that is happening. Like the end of the world is coming. You have this one opportunity, this one chance. You just say yes and you go figure it out. That's you know? exactly it, man. Because you never know when, you're gonna, when that opportunity is going to be the big one, you know? The one that changes yeah. your life forever. You never freaking know, man. So you got to swing until you hit something. And even if you fail, dude, I mean, you learn something new, yeah. right? Yeah, even exactly. Even if you fail, 
it's, it's happened to so many of my friends that they've said yes and they failed. But then the person that they said yes to, like the owner of the company was like, well, you know what? Like the respect, the amount of respect that you took this on, you know, like, yeah, right. Can't believe you took on a client of this magnitude and you had no experience and you tried to fake that. But since you did that, it took a lot of balls, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll hire you anyways yeah. and we'll teach you and we'll develop you because we see that you want it. We see that motivation in you, you know, like that's really what it takes deep down. There's a lot of people that are just idle in life. They're just like dragging their feet. And I don't know what it is. A lot of us, we might be holding on to things that are too heavy that we should be sitting down, that we should be letting go of. And it's kind of weighing us down, slowing us down to the point that we just sit down and become complacent. I don't know if it's past failures. I don't know if it's the fear of failure. Uh, me personally, I just learned from school, you know, that failure was a bad thing. People told me if I failed, I couldn't play football. People told me if I failed, I wouldn't go to the next grade. People told me if you failed, you can't play with your friends. So you're not going to have your phone. You can't play your Xbox. You can't. It just kept going. You better not fail. You better not fail. You better not fail. And eventually, I didn't even want to try, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was just like from a young age, it was just instilled in us that failure is negative and it's just the total opposite. As kids, we embraced failure. That's how we learned how to do everything. Walk, talk, everything came from failure. We failed the first time you did everything. It's just yeah. how it happens. I mean, how many times does a kid fall before he finally starts walking, you know? Yeah, you just get that's up exactly and start it. running, dude. I think that's the difference between the people who are idle and the people who are chasing is they got over that. There's this just a transition, you know? And when we're kids, high school, middle school, all those years, you know, where you just get programmed to fit into this mold block, you know, be a square that fits in a square. And the people who branch away from that mindset and embrace failure again, get excited to fail, to be honest with you. I don't care if I fail, man. My AMC stuff, I've gotten stuff wrong. I've got it, I've got it wrong, you know, more than once. And that's okay because that means that I I learned because you don't forget when you get something wrong, especially <laughs> if there's people watching, you know, you're like, dang, I got that wrong. And now I know that I'll never mess that up again. Yeah. You know, the army uses this saying, and it's, you learn through trauma, <laughs> which sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like, why would I ever want to do that? But it's because you're going to come out the other end way better than you were. I mean, if you think about it too, right. When people go through hard stuff, like my dad passed away five years ago, never forget the lessons I learned from that. You know, trauma teaches you a lot. You come away from trauma and from hard lessons and from failures, way better off and embracing that as an opportunity to grow you know it really is and i think uh that's what you're getting at which is really huge you know bro you're, you're like super motivational like you have you have the speaking gift like you have you really do <laughs> i don't know you may think you were supposed to be a runner at some point but you you were meant to be a youtube personality person that is a podcaster like you just need to talk you need to talk people need to know uh, what you have inside bro like for real i mean that i don't know man i'm just another dude i'm just another dude i i've never claimed to be the smartest guy out there it's just my opinion you know? yeah i know it's about emotional intelligence you know it's about uh knowing who you are and how you feel and knowing how to manage that and i think that's super important i think that's what helps people get through life and not suffer the entire time do you know who jordan peterson is yeah, I love Jordan Peterson and his kind of his view on life. He says, you know, life is suffering, but it's up to you to choose how long you suffer. You know, exactly, man. That's the mindset. That's the sort of stuff that sticks. You know, I mean, when you hear life is suffering, you're gonna have a couple of different people who interpret that different. You know, there's gonna be that guy who's who hears that. And oh, I knew it. You know, <laughs> but there's gonna be those people who wait till the end of what he has to say. Like, that's not all he has to say. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's money. I'm glad you brought that up. And the main thing is that it's it's up to you. It's up to right. you, like totally. all of it, all of it. I, right before we got on this podcast, I was doing a podcast uh, with a local business owner that I look up to and admire. And he was talking to me about how he had cancer and how in the lowest, darkest moment of his life, he decided to flip the script and just thank God that he had cancer. At first you hear wow. that and you're like, whoa, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, man, he's like, I've always been a faithful guy, you know, and uh, he said, I decided that, you know, if I was going to pray to God in the low moments of my life, then why wouldn't I pray to him now in the lowest? And he said, I just thanked him. I said, thanks for the cancer. And uh, he said, you'd be amazed at the transformation that came from that, the transformation of my mind my life the people around me was just lighter everything was better and, he, and he's made it through it and this was like five years ago and he had surgery removed it, it went away it never came back and he's like 
you know, how traumatizing that moment in life could have been. He said, but I remember laying on the operating table before I got that cancer removed, happy. He was like, I was happy. And we were talking about how anxiety and worry and fear come from uncertainty. And when you don't know what's going to happen. And he said, I didn't have any uncertainty. I could have died. It didn't matter because I had put it in God's hands. It wasn't even wasn't up to me anymore. He said, I, w- I was happy either way. And it was just like, to me, it was like, wow, wow, that's big. Because I, I tell kids all the time, like, anxiety and worry and fear come from uncertainty. And they're kind of like triggers, like anxiety is a trigger that shows you where the uncertainty is in your life. It helps you move forward and make decisions. If you can find that uncertainty and eliminate it, you get rid of the anxiety. But also uncertainty comes from a choice or a decision that needs to be made. So that you'd have to make that dis- choice or that decision to get rid of it. So you're moving forward. You're using the anxiety. You're using the fear. Fear is external. Anxiety is internal. And there was always that moment where I was like, well, some things are out of your control. You, you can only minimize certain uncertainty. And then I heard that story and I'm like, well, there's kind of is a way around it. It depends on how, you know, if you're a believer, if you have faith or whatever it is and any higher power or God or something bigger than yourself, if you can let go of the things that are out of your control, then your life won't be so out of control. Right. <laughs> that <man. makes> it. <laughs> That's cool that you shared that because I feel like, with some of the health stuff that I've been going through, you know, the last couple of weeks kind of have been letting me, you know, drag me down more than is typical, you know, the eye condition and the heart stuff and, you know, some other stuff going on at work. And it's good to hear that put in perspective. You know, I think there's always a lesson to be learned somewhere. And that's something that uh, I definitely got to be more mindful of. You know, I think everybody can always be better. And that's something I'll take that away from this for sure. That's good. I'm glad you shared that story. Well, thanks, bro. Yeah, I don't. It was just random. I was like, I don't know why. I feel like I need to tell this dude's story. Yeah. But but for real, man, it was just profound to me that that's a possibility, man. No matter how deep dark of a hole you get in in life, you, sometimes what's weighing you down is yourself. You're keeping yourself in that hole, mm. you know, just by not letting go. This is counterintuitive, bro. It's kind of like if you were like skidding off the road in a car, you want to hold on to the wheel. You want to grab it, right? right? But what's going to happen is you're going to overreact and you might cause the car to flip. It becomes more fatal to you. The car is already out of your control. It's going to happen. It's probably going to crash. What you can do is manage the risk by letting go of what's in your control. Just let go. And we've been told our entire lives, just hold on. Just hold on. Just hold on. But if things are truly out of control, the best thing to do might be, yeah, to just let it go and let it be. You got some great analogies, man. <laughs> I was thinking just now, like, like it's kind of like the stock market. Again, we'll bring it back to the stock market. Yeah. I mean, it's called risk management, right? Totally. <laughs> risk management, bro. You got to manage the downside. You got that. But you it. can't avoid it. But you, you can't avoid it. it. You can't yeah, stop it from going it down, from crashing, but you can manage how much you might be willing to lose. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's spot on. Man, that was a good analogy. That was a good way to tie it back. But uh, <laughs> you're totally spot on. I mean, there are things that are out of control in the market. I mean, you could get into a stock and you've got the best setup. You've done all the due diligence in the world, but sometimes things out of your control that don't make any sense play into the equation. And from there, it's just like, this is what it is. I can't do anything about it. This is what I got to do moving forward. You know, the situation is what it is. Sometimes you take losses. Sometimes you should take a loss and you still make money. You know, it goes both ways, but (laughs) yeah, that's totally true, man. It's risk management for sure. Absolutely. So bro, I know we're coming up on the hour mark. I don't want to keep you too long, but I know it turned into like a mental health thing and it, and it normally does with me. I'm sorry for steering it in that direction. No, that's, that's totally cool, man. I just wanted to have a conversation. That's all it yeah, is. Absolutely. You know? So is there something that you want to leave the viewers with? And, you know, I have a lot of a younger audience, so it's a lot of students that are looking up and looking for direction in life. Is there something that maybe you were taught you know, the show is what I wasn't taught. Was there something that you were taught from a mentor or somebody that maybe in general about life, maybe it's about stocks, maybe it's about mental health, maybe it's about something, but something that sticks with you every single day. And it is a big part of who you are. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's kind of a story. So when I was a kid, my dad, who's no longer around, he told me something that I'll never forget. It was that instillment of confidence. And I think everybody goes through at least one moment in life where somebody says something to them 
where they're like, I'll never forget that and cling to it. So for me, what it was is I was a big runner and I always told my dad, I am pretty good, but I don't think I can do this. Uh, my goal was to run under four minutes in the mile back before I realized I wasn't a fast switch muscle fiber guy. I was a, I was a, a marathoner or whatever. And he said, great, you're going to break four minutes in the mile someday. And I was like, like just to hear him say that, you know, even if I never did it for him to have the confidence and to say, you can do this thing threw me forward for the rest of my life to know that somebody believed in me enough to accomplish something that great. And even if it didn't mean that I broke four minutes in the mile, what it meant is I transitioned into, I'm going to qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon. And when that changed, it transitioned to eventually I'm going to have a million subscribers on YouTube. Eventually I'm going to have $10 million in the bank account. Eventually I'm going to be able to buy my mom a house and a car, you know, whatever it is, because that one person believed in me. So what I wasn't taught in school that I was taught by my dad is to cling to that confidence. Even if you don't think you have it, if there's one person in your life, find that one person who believes in you and cling on to that, you know, whatever one moment, one person, one event, one thing, whatever it is, you know, that thing that you just can never get out of your head. Don't let that ever go. You know, I'll write that down on a piece of paper. I'll be like, you know, if I'm ever down in the dirt and I'm just feeling like a, a loser, big piece of crap, I'll write down, and you know, my dad said I could run four minutes in the mile, Ooh. you know, and that equates to, for me to being able to do what I want to do on YouTube, you know? So maybe that's not something you can even be taught. Maybe it's not a lesson learned or no, what I wasn't is. taught, but that's my piece of advice, you know? Bro, bro, that's actually huge. While you were talking, I was thinking about how confidence is kind of like a currency. It's kind of like money, like you can borrow it. You can borrow yeah, confidence up. from other people. And what you did was you took that confidence that your dad had in you and you used it, not even for what it was originally for. <laughs> you took out the yeah. loan, right? And, and you went and you invested it somewhere else and you kept investing it throughout your life. And eventually it paid off for you with interest, right? It just keeps coming. And to anybody that's watching this right now that doesn't have confidence in themselves, like borrow this confidence that we're giving you right now, where we're saying like, it's possible. It's very possible. You're talking to two individuals that me, number one, I was a shy kid, wasn't supposed to be a public speaker, sat in the back of class, kept to myself, was writing songs in my notebook. I wanted to be a hip hop artist. Music was the way I expressed myself. And that's how I felt like I was talking to people. That was it. For me to be a public speaker, the name is literally in the title of my profession, speaker, and I'm a shy kid. You know, yeah. it took me borrowing confidence from what was the first audience I ever spoke to. I remember I was scared, 15 years old, and it was the people in the crowd that gave me the confidence to tell my story. And then afterwards, people came up to me and told me that me telling my story is what inspired them to tell their story. They gave me confidence. I gave that confidence right back. That confidence spread to their friends, to their family, and it goes all on and on and on and on. It's like a chain reaction of positivity, buying and selling, giving, borrowing, confidence, courage. It's all currency. If you think about it like that, just thinking of that way, because we're talking about money in the stock market and stuff. Yeah, man, you're spot on. <laughs> you're spot on. I've never thought about it that way. You just got this way with analogies, man. That was good. You can 100% borrow confidence. You know, I was, uh, not confident until that moment, you know, that was literally a defining moment for the rest of my life. And I didn't realize it at the time. I mean, you don't sit there and be like, wow, this is going to make me do all these things, you know, but you think back, you know, years in the past and you get stuck with thoughts. You know, there was one time I was, uh, you know, when I was in college, I like going out and having fun with my friends. You know, I was at a party and one of my buddies just sat me down and said, why do you care so much about running, man? Like everybody can see this is literally like the thing that you will die for, like you will just put every ounce of energy in, into this one thing. Like, what is it? it? Like there had to have been something in your life that happened. And I remember breaking down in freaking tears, man, because he like, he read it. He read the book. He could see that there was something that did it, you know? And I think that's a defining thing for anybody that's successful in whatever they do, whether it's business, relationships, spirituality. You know, it doesn't have to be just money. It can be anything, you know? There's a moment, there's a thing that caused them to have this, confidence in themselves and a passion and a purpose towards whatever they're doing, you know? So that was it for me, you know, and whatever that is for you, I can't tell you, nobody can, you got to figure that out. It's a big takeaway for sure. You know, I'm glad you made that uh, connect the dot. You can borrow that confidence, man. You can borrow the confidence from anything. Just one more example. I was talking to this guy the other day, his name's Cole and he's a copywriter. So he writes copy for people that, you know, Facebook ads and everything else. He's, he's the one writing the words that you see in the ads, right? And oh, sure, he, yeah. he was talking to me how important it is because I kept saying, hey, let me tell you this, let me tell you that. 
And he said, bro, I, I hate that word tell. He's like, don't say that. Say, let me share with you. And he said, you see how that change of word changed everything? Now, all of a sudden, I don't feel like I'm being lectured. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I see the importance in what you do. And I said, so why do you do what you do? And he said, well, I'm really good at putting myself in other people's shoes. I'm really good at seeing alternate perspectives. And I said, well, what made you become good at that? Like, that's a weird thing to be good at is, is shifting your perspective and being aware. And, and, and he's like, well, as a kid, I didn't live in the greatest neighborhood, man. And he's like, we had to be very observant. As a little kid, I'd go outside, play in the front yard. And if I saw a car come down my street twice within the last 15 minutes, the same car, he's like, we'd have to go inside because something bad was about to happen. And he said, I learned at a very young age that I had to observe the people around me. Mm. It was it's something that was moment, man. negative. Yeah. That was kind of traumatizing because he'd seen bad things happen. And that's why he knew that. It eventually became, you know, who he was and it turned into his career and it, be, it became a positive thing that became his purpose in life and, and what he does. It's just it was crazy to just see the progression over time, how you can literally take a dark past, turn it to a bright future, whatever, you know, it just take that pain and turn it into purpose. You're spot on, man. I won't get into my story. You know, everybody's got a history of some sort, things that made them sad, you know, things that hurt. And you can take those bad things and turn it into something good. You know, I think there's there's a lot of examples out there. There's way better examples than me, for sure. Like that guy, you know, that, that's huge. It does not matter where you come from. Some people start, you know, farther back from the start line. Some people start at a disadvantage, but you can turn that disadvantage into an advantage, you know, turn that disadvantage into a spring-loaded gun that's going to shoot you ahead of everybody else. You don't have to make it into something bad, you know? That's huge, for sure. <laughs> Bro, it's got to, like, track. Like, you running. Like, yeah. some people, it, it seems like you're starting further back depending on what lane you're in, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> but you still have, it's the same race and the same amount of length. It's psychological. You feel like you're further back than somebody else. You want to get that inside or that outside lane, right? You feel like you're way ahead of somebody. It's not really the truth. <laughs> yeah, you're spot on, brother. Yeah, Back bro. On. So, yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we go? I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I don't strike myself as a super motivational guy. And what I will say is, uh, you know, keep doing things. Keep doing good things. Put your foot in front of the other, you know? You know, just uh, keep doing what makes you happy. That's where it's going to get you where you want to go. Just keep showing up. Yes, yeah, sir. Keep showing up. So where can the people find you if they want to follow you? You have uh, handles that you want to shout out real quick, and I'll put them down below. Yeah, for sure. So I've got a YouTube channel. It's uh, Trey's Trades, T-R-E-Y-S, Trades, T-R-A-D-E-S. Uh, I also have a Twitter. Let me make sure that I don't give you the false handle because there's some impersonator out there who uh, who has <laughs> a crap ton. All right, so it's it's Trades Trey. So the same thing, but backwards. Then I also have an Instagram. So the Instagram is uh, Trey underscore Collins underscore 001. Absolutely. And he's got merchandise. Dude. I wanted to wear the shirt today and I asked my wife, I was like, where's my trade trades, George W shirt. Like, where is it at? <laughs> That's she's so like, cool, it's Jeff, dirty. You just wore it last week. And I was like, ah, oh, you, I was so mad, bro. I was like, I, I have the shirt and I don't wear it on the podcast. So I, I apologize. <laughs> man, that's crazy. That. But yeah, that, I got that makes you shirt. smile, man. <laughs> well, thanks. Cool. Brother. Thank you for being on. We really appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Jared.